All right, we'll check you out this morning. He is risen. All right, there's a few of you out there. All right, good. That's an early church greeting, by the way, right? Folks, you kind of figure out if you're a Christian or not. You say, hey, he's risen. Yeah, he's risen indeed. There you go. All right. Uh, hey, uh, this morning, uh, I get to do uh, what I annually get to do on Easter, and that is tell my absolutely favorite Easter joke. Okay? And I tell the same joke every year. I know there's more Easter jokes out there, and I could probably find them, but I just really like this one. And so, you know, just give me a little. This I do it once a year. And so give me once a year, will you? Uh, and so some of you know the punchline, right? And so uh, when we get there, when we get there, just everybody shout it out, okay? Just kind of fill the room with, with the, uh, the punchline. And uh, those folks worshiping up in the upper worship room, we'll see who's louder. I'm just saying, Okay. Good. So here it goes. So it's Easter, and a Sunday school teacher is teaching the Easter lesson, you know, about Jesus uh, being raised from the dead. And, man, she is so into it. She is teaching away, and she's, like, feeling like the kids are really listening, and they're really taking it in. She is just doing this awesome job. I mean, she's got the flannel graph going, you know, and the stone rolling. I mean, the kids are taking it in, and she, man, she is so into it that, wow, they find they're getting it. They are really getting it, right? And she's so into it that she kind of loses track of time, and she wraps up her lesson, right, and just feeling really good, but realizes that she kind of ended a little early. So there's a few minutes before before they're done. So she's like, you know, what am I going to do with a few minutes? So she comes up with this bright idea. So she says to the kids, she says, "Uh, tell me, children, right, little gooners, she says, tell me, children, we just went through Jesus rising from the dead and walking out of the tomb. What do you think his first words were? when he walked out of the tomb that first Easter Sunday, right? And all the kids are like, ooh, 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 right? And, of course, Susie in the back, yeah, 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 right? So she calls on Susie and says, tell me, Susie, what do you think Jesus' first words were when he walked out of the tomb? And Susie says, Jesus walked out of the tomb, and his first words were, ta-da! All right, some of you out there are here for the first time, aren't you? And I am thrilled that you are here. Right? It is awesome. Thank you. You can just kind of write that one, put it in my casket. When I get up there, I get up there, I'm going to say, I know what you said. I know what you said. Right? All right. Well, hey, this morning, let's, uh, let's visit from the Gospel of Matthew what brings us here uh, this morning, that first Easter experience. And uh, as we go through uh, Matthew's account of the, of the resurrection, I'm going to ask you to underline uh, some words on the next slide. Only four words I'm going to ask you to underline. So grab your half sheet, uh, get out your app, whatever you use. It's okay. Get the word out. It's going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, that's New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Remember, just get there, right? Uh, and uh, we're going to walk through this. And I'll pause and say, there it is. Underline those four, four words. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, really, new day, you bet. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face was shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. 
I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Here's the words. You ready? These are the four words you got to underline. Just as he said. Just as he said. Just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they'll see me there. All right, I asked you to highlight, underline four words. Four words, just as he said. What could be so important about four words? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. If you look at that proclamation, the announcement that the, uh, that the angel gave, you could easily just drop those four, four words out, and it would still be extraordinarily powerful, Right? I mean, the angel could have just, you know, earthquake, roll a stone, and the angels talked to the women and said, you know, he isn't here, he is risen from the dead. That would be awesome, fantastic. But you get the angel intentionally adding those four words, just as he said. It's kind of one of those angelic, I told you so moments, right? Don't you love those moments when somebody does that to you? They're like, well, I, I told you, I told you so, right? I mean... You've had those moments? No. Am I the only one that gets I told you so in the room? Come on. Sure, right? Right away, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. Love it, right? Yeah, no. But it's kind of this angelic, look, I told you so. Think about this. Could you today, in this very moment, explicitly say where you're going to be six months from now? And what exactly is going to be happening in your life in six months? Even more than that, not only could you predict what you're going to do in six months, but you, could you also predict in absolute accuracy not only what you're going to do, but what other people that you have absolutely no control over, what those other people are going to exactly do? That's what Jesus did. That's what he did. That he told the disciples over and over and over again exactly what was going to happen to him. He told them exactly. If you go into the Gospel of Matthew, he starts out in Matthew 12, way back in Matthew 12. We'll look at it in a minute, where he uses an image of Jonah to explain that he's going to die and rise again. It happens again in Matthew 16, where he again uses the example of Jonah to do the same thing. And then in Matthew 17, Matthew 20, and Matthew 26, he speaks to his disciples, and he gets even more clear and plain about what is going to happen. And you say, well, that's just Matthew. No, actually, it's also in the Gospel of Mark, and it's also in the Gospel of John. You can go to those places and see that Jesus did that. He predicted. He told them 
exactly what was going to happen to him and exactly what other people were going to do. And think about this. Not only did he tell them, listen, we're going to Jerusalem, and this is going to happen. They're, they're going to arrest me, and they're going to flog me, and they're going to spit upon me, and they're going to kill me. But he also told them, three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. Grab that one. I mean, they've seen him already raise people from the dead. Okay? They've, they've seen him do that. I mean, they've seen him a number of times call people who are dead back to life. But this is now him. So get this. He's saying, listen, we're going to go there. All this is going to happen, and I'm going to be killed. And even though I'm killed, and even though I'm in the grave, and even though I'm stiff and cold, I'm going to rise from the dead. How does that happen? How do you wrap your head around the reality that not only did he do it, but he said long before he did it, he was going to do it? And it happened just as he said. Just as he said. In Matthew 12, he uses the image of Jonah. He says, for as Jonah, verse 40, as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Just as Jonah was spit out of the belly of the whale, so Jesus is going to walk out of that tomb and be alive. What does it mean for us? Just as he said, it means that every word that Jesus ever spoke, everything that Jesus ever did is absolutely true. It's true. It's real. He could predict this experience. I mean, the Pharisees were challenging him in chapter 12 and in chapter 16. They were saying, look, if, if you're the guy that you say that you are, then, then give us a sign. Prove to us you're the guy. Now, amazingly, this all happens in chapter 12 and in chapter 16. And in chapter 16, just before they say to him, now, look, prove to us you're exactly who you say you are and that all this is true. Prove that to us. Just before that, he heals a guy who can't speak, who can't see, and is possessed by a demon. Not bad proof. <laughs> Not bad proof. And he says, no, you want proof? This is the real proof. Today. Today. And that it all happened just exactly as he said. It means everything he said, everything he did, everything about him is absolutely true and real. What's that mean for us? That means for us that forgiveness is real. It's not just something we talk about. It's real. If you look at Paul in Corinthians, Paul says, I pass on to you what was most important, most important, and it has also been passed on to me. Christ did what? Died for our sins. Just as Scripture said, there it is again, just as Scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as Scripture said, and he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. 
You see, it's all true. It's beyond doubt. There's all kinds of witnesses. I mean, 500 in one time. It means it's all absolutely real, and it's all absolutely true. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you're still guilty in your sins. But if it's true, then the opposite is real. If today is true, if he did exactly what he said he was going to do, and he walked out of that tomb alive, then it's absolutely true and real that your sins, our sins, they are equally forgiven. It's real. It's true. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us what? Right with God. That's what this day is. It is a day that makes us right. So here's the question. How right is life right now for you? How right is it? I mean, for those women that were going to the tomb on that first morning, it was not so right. Things were pretty messed up, right? I mean, things were pretty messed up. I mean, after all, they got up and they're making their way to the tomb and and life was not what they planned. Life was not going in the direction they thought. After all, Jesus, the one they put all their hopes and dreams into, he's dead. On that day when they were going, all they knew was everything they hoped for, everything they dreamed about, everything they expected had been totally ripped away from him, away from them, and thrown into a tomb. And the disciples, the guys that they relied on to to take some leadership and show some example, what were they doing? They were imprisoned and captured in their own fear. Life was not going right. Life was pretty messed up. Maybe that's what you feel. Maybe that's where you are. That life is not so much right And maybe you've got some fear that is capturing you and some uncertainty about your past or about your future. And the angel came along and the earthquake happens and the angel says to them what? Don't be afraid. And then Jesus, who did exactly what he said, whose word is always true, he came along and said to them what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Today is that day for us when life can get right and fear can be driven away. Paul says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given... How awesome is that? And it's absolutely real. Because it's just what he said. We have the opportunity to live as a different kind of people, live a different kind of life, no longer captured by fear, no longer captured by the failures and the faults of our past. We live a new life Paul says, but thank God he has given us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. We live a victorious life. 
Sin has no power over us. Death has no fear for us. There is nothing this world can do against us. There is nothing the future can't open the opportunity for us in Christ. There is no power greater than Jesus in our life. There is nothing that can happen that can overwhelm us. He walked out of the grave. He is absolutely alive. The stone rolled away. He is in charge. We live for him. We don't live fearful lives. We don't live captured and imprisoned. We live resurrection, victory life, new life. And it's real. Why? It's just what he said. It's just what he said. We live new life. John had a vision in the book of Revelation where he meets face to face the risen Jesus. And it says, when I saw him, Jesus, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look. I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. What's that mean? When you surrender your life to Christ, He is absolutely in charge. And there is nothing and there is no one that can overwhelm you and overcome you and take your future away from you. You are forgiven. You don't need to live in fear. You belong to Him. And the future is victory because it all happened just as he said. And he promises to be with you in it, that whatever you do go through, whatever you do face in the future, he promises to be absolutely with you in it. I love it in the text, in the Matthew text of the resurrection. It says, as they went, the women, right? As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. As they went. Now think about these women. Think about what they just went through, right? They're, they're coming that morning, and life is all messed up, right? And, and as they're going, they go through an earthquake. Been through an earthquake lately? They go through an earthquake, okay? They go through an earthquake, and then they get there, and they go face-to-face with an angel. Haven't done that lately, right? They go face-to-face with an angel, and then the angel tells them this incredible experience that the one who is dead is now alive, and they're supposed to go tell the disciples everything that they've seen and what God has done here, and the grave no longer has any power, and they're supposed to go back and proclaim this good news to the guys. Can you imagine what was going through their head and heart in that moment? I mean, as they turned around and started to go back, what in the world was going through their head and heart? Fear, anxiety, anxiousness, doubt, questioning, joy, expectation, anticipation. Everything that was going through. And what happened in the middle of it all? In the middle of whatever was going on in their their moment. The text says, and as they went, just as they went, as they were, as life was, Jesus met them. That's the promise, that as we go, as we're about our life, Jesus will not leave us alone. The resurrected one, he resurrected to be part of our life, to help us live that Easter victorious life. He says, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. 
So when we come to the table in just a few minutes, we're going to meet him. He's going to meet us. And, and wherever your life is right now, he's going to meet you. He's going to meet you. And everything that he said is absolutely true. And he gives you the invitation to just come as you are. And some of you are going to come up because maybe it's the first time in your life you've really had the question of whether it's all real or not. Maybe it's the first time in your life where you've been face-to-face with the reality that Jesus is absolutely real and his words are absolutely true. And everything he said and everything he did, he did for you so that you can live a new life. And maybe this morning is that moment when you come up and he meets you and you say for the first time, yes, my life is not my own, it is his. And for some of you, he's going to meet you where your life is. Because right now life is messed up. And you just need him to be more and more part of your life. Maybe it's to forgive something in your past. Maybe it's to be in the middle of something in your present. Maybe it's just to give you a hope for the future. And for some of you, for some of you, it's just to come up and be strengthened once again and encouraged once again and understand he has a victory for you. But whatever it is, He gives the invitation. That's the great thing about Easter Sunday. Do you see what the angel said to those women in the middle of everything that was going on? He just said, come and see. Take a look. Just give it a chance. Come and see. So for us this morning, there is that simple invitation to just come and see. Come and see and know that everything is true, everything is real. Why? Just because he said. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can trust you this morning. We, we have the evidence. We have the incredible power of the resurrection. We have the good news that even though that took place some 2,000 years ago, it can take place today in this room when we just say, Jesus, your Lord, you will meet us this morning. You'll give to us that new life, that resurrection life that can live in victory and in power. Lord, we want to believe it. We ask you to just convince us today to just know this truth just because you said it. It's just as you said. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.